Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Lord, for today and uh, for this opportunity again to share the word of the Lord with us. Um, so today we are going to continue our series, which Dan started last week, uh, following Jesus, the one who is fully God and who is fully man. And um, I wanted to start by asking us a question this morning. <laughs> Somebody said, oh no. <laughs> what have you talked about the most? What have you talked about a lot in this last week? In this last month? Or even in this last year? What have you talked about a lot? What has occupied your talking? What has occupied your talking? Shall we turn our Bibles? If you are able to, I would like you to write it down. What has occupied my talking? What has occupied your talking? What have you talked about a lot in this last week, in this last month? But if you turn your Bibles as well to Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61, and then Luke 8. So I'll read Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Luke chapter 8, I'll read from verse 4. And when a crowd, a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path. And was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil. And grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said... These things, as he said these things, he called out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom 
of God. But for others, they are in parables. So that seeing, they may not see. And hearing, they may not understand. If you have your Bible with you, if you've been reading along with me, you may have a copy like this, or it's on your phone or iPad, if you just hold up with me. Father, thank you for your word to me today. Thank you for the power and authority of this word. Thank you for the power of this incorruptible seed to change my life into the person you want me to be. To be like Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, what did Jesus talk about a lot? Um, you see, what we talk about, especially what we talk about a lot, communicates two important things. The first thing is it communicates what is in our heart. It communicates what we are thinking about. It communicates what we believe. It communicates what we see. So what I talk about a lot communicates what is in my heart, what I believe, what I see. In other words, it communicates my vision. Where am I, where am I thinking I will get to? Where am I planning to get to? Where am I hoping I will get to? The other thing it does is that ideally it should determine what I will do. So what I talk about a lot should determine what I will do. It should determine where I will go. It should determine how I act and how I live my life. Other words, my mission. So if I talk about something a lot, really it determines my vision and it determines my mission. So heart, talk, act, think, say, do, believe, declare, and live, conviction, proclamation, and action. So the three should go together. Now if those three don't go together, then there's something wrong. And this is part of what Jesus talked about the, the, the Pharisees. He says, do what they tell you, but don't do what they do. But then Jesus said of himself, follow me. So there was some discongruency regarding the Pharisees. So Jesus was saying, beware of hypocrisy. You know, we have this saying, we normally say, talk is cheap. But I wanted to say this morning that true talk is not cheap. True talk is not cheap. You see, true talk comes from your conviction and determines your action. True talk comes from your vision and determines your mission. And the second thing I want us to be aware of this morning, and I'm starting with cautions, is to be aware, beware of idle talk. So apart from hypocrisy, beware of idle talk. You know, Jesus was saying in Matthew 12, he said that all this talk, he said God will judge them. 
So unending chit chat wastes your time, drains your energy, and produces no result. And will be judged. Paul was talking to Timothy. He said, forget about all these godless myths and endless genealogies and old wives' tales. And all manners of things. What are you spending your time talking? So I would like us to take this prayer point as we proceed. Father, by, the, by your mercy, deliver me from living a lie, from hypocrisy, from talking and living to please and impress people rather than you in the name of Jesus. You see, God wants us to be authentic. Freedom to be who we are in him. Free to be who we are in him. To forget that there is a whole world watching us. The audience that is important is one. Is God. Can you take that prayer point after me? Father, by your mercy, deliver me from living a lie, from hypocrisy, from talking and living to please, to please and impress people rather than you in the name of Jesus. When I got this topic, uh, it was interesting because Hannah sent an email and said, oh, guys, can you read this properly? Because your preaching topics have been tweaked a bit. And I actually found mine was changed completely. <laughs> <laughs> but there was enough time, so it wasn't like it was last week. So what did Jesus talk about a lot? And as I started thinking about it, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 62 verse 11, once you have spoken, twice have I heard. Once you've spoken, twice have I heard. And something just dropped in my spirit. You need to read the Gospels. And then, as I started reading the Gospels, they say you need to read the Gospels twice. So, in the time I had, <laughs> with everything else, I've had to go through the Gospels twice before preparing this message. Because that's the way I felt the Holy Spirit led me. So, and I found as I started reading, I discovered things which I thought I knew, but I didn't know them properly. You know, one of the things, just by sitting and reading Mark all through in one go, and it took me quite a few hours, was to realize that the word immediately and immediately, and immediately, and immediately. Wow. And then I started reading Matthew. And the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of, I mean, it was, you see, when you read one chapter and stop, you don't get the impression that well. When you read many chapters as a time, I suddenly realized he just talked about heaven. He talked about his father in heaven. And he talked about the kingdom of heaven. Practically, everything Jesus was talking about, he was trying to relate to these three. He would give an example, it was bringing it to the kingdom. He would give an example, it was bringing it to heaven. 
He will give an example. He was bringing it to his father in heaven. And so Jesus spent his time talking about heaven. You know, heaven is mentioned, and I could have easily Googled and gotten this information. And in the end, that bit I still did, because I didn't want to start counting how many times. I just knew it was mentioned how many times. But heaven is mentioned 150 times in the Gospels. And 85 times of that is in Matthew. Heaven is mentioned 150 times. Now, in the last year, have you talked about heaven? We are following Jesus. In the last month, did you talk about heaven? In the last week, did you talk about heaven? Wow. And then his father in heaven. So everything is in heaven. Heaven, my father in heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Now the other gospels use the kingdom of God. In fact, if they use the kingdom of heaven as Matthew did, there will be even many more times. So I want to start today by saying again, heaven is a real place. Can you say that? Heaven is a real place. Yes. It's not imaginary. It's a real place. That's where our Savior came from. That's where he went back to. And heaven is a place you never want to miss. You never want to miss heaven. You know, Jesus, he said, if your eye causes you to sin, take that eye out. If it is your hand that is causing you to sin, cut the hand away. It is better for you to go to heaven lame. It's better for you to go to heaven blind than to miss heaven. Heaven is a place you don't want to miss. And God is so good. You don't have to take out your eye. You don't have to cut off your hand. He sent his son. Because whatever you cut off is inadequate. All we need to do is to believe in the work of that son. But heaven is a place you don't want to miss. And there are so many reasons, and I will just give a, 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 a few. Because it's a place where your father is. That is where he is. He is in heaven. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing daddy. Yeah. That is where he is. He is in heaven. It's a place where Jesus is. My savior, my lord, and my king. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I want to say, master. Master, my lord. Oh, I want to look into that face and see that love. He is in heaven. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And he said he's going to prepare a place for you. That is where your home is. You may have the most beautiful home here. I tell you, it's nothing compared. And you may have one that is nothing to talk about. You see, but when Lazarus when he was taken from the gate of that rich man's place and went to heaven. 
He was in a good place. And heaven is for eternity. You see, it's a place where there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no pain. There is no suffering. There is no death. Hallelujah. You see, you will see and know love that is unfeigned, that is untainted. Love that is unfading. Love that is unending. Because you are in the presence of love itself. The one who lives forever and ever. We need to think more about heaven. We need to talk more about heaven. Because a lot of the things we do, we change. A lot of the way we live, we change. When we realize heaven. Heaven is a holy place. It's the throne of God. There is unceasing worship. Woo! And I will just quickly, in two minutes, tell you as well that Jesus gave a quick summary. Hell is real. But you see, it's the worst place that you can ever be in. And it's worse than you have ever imagined. And if you think you've had nightmares and had bad experiences and had troubles, and people say, they are, oh, that is hell, it is nothing compared to it. You see, when the love and the mercy and the kindness of God is withdrawn, whoo, you don't want to be in that place. And see, because of the mercy of God in your heart, I know that you won't even wish hell, believe me, for your worst enemy. Because it is not where you want anyone to go. The deepest gloom, torment, suffering, pain, and it is eternal. You know, the rich man said, God, can you even send Lazarus? He said, there's a cousin. You know, I can't. When you are there, you are there. There's nothing that will change. You are there forever. And the next thing Jesus talks about is his father. Oh. And one of the things I really like reading this was towards the end of John. John, and it says this in Matthew as well, Matthew 28, 10, and Matthew 20, verse 15 to 17. And I know John says this again when he writes in the gospel, in his, uh, in his epistle. You know, behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called sons of God. But you see, Jesus, in John 20, he, he, he's just risen from the dead, and, and, and Mary is there, and Mary is seeing Jesus, and he says to Mary, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. Go and tell my brothers. These are the people that just ran away from him a few days ago. Go and tell them, I am going to their father and my father. I'm going to their God and to my God.
You have a father in heaven. And we may have all manners of fathers on earth. In fact, and I think this is one of the reasons why Jesus said, do not call anyone on earth your father. You see, because sometimes that makes us think God is like our father on the earth. And with all my heart, I want to be a godly father. I want to represent God in my family as, as best as I can. But I come short all the time. All the time. My father in heaven doesn't come short. And this morning, I want us to pray for grace for fathers. Fathers in this room, can we pray for a renewed grace on our fathers? You see, the love and compassion of the father, one of the places Jesus epitomizes this in Luke 15, he says that this son wanted his father dead. He says, Father, I know you are still living, but I want my inheritance. Give me now. Who does that? And the father gave him the inheritance. The son goes and squanders it and then comes back. And then the father is standing waiting every day for his son to come back. Can we pray for fathers? If you see someone sitting around you who is a father, ladies, put your hands on them now. Just one minute. Let us pray for fathers. Come on, let's do it straight away. Pray for fathers right now. In the name of Jesus, pray for fathers. Pray for fathers. I see some fathers, no hands on them. Can every father have a hand praying for them, please? Pray for fathers in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father. Heavenly Father, we pray for your grace to descend on fathers right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you do a work. Oh, that as we follow Jesus, we will represent you in our families. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The final thing Jesus talked about a lot was the kingdom of heaven. And we are in a season where we are trying to do a coronation, to crown a king. And the king of the United Kingdom. See, that is a limited domain. The king has a domain. This king has a kingdom. His domain is a united kingdom. You see, but there is a king whose domain is the universe. There is a king who owns everything. There is a king who created everything. And that is the kingdom we belong to. And this king came. And he said some strange things. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. You see, they were hoping to crown him the king of the Jews. He said, you see, my kingdom is much bigger than you think. I'm going to save the Jews. I'm going to save Israel. But actually, my remit is much more. It is much more. And thank God it was much more. That's why we can be seated here this morning. He said, it's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. But it's a kingdom that is funneled and functions by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus himself was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
And where we read in, in Isaiah 61, when Jesus himself, he then quoted that passage in Luke chapter 4. The interesting thing was, he left a bit of it away. You see, Jesus, when he quoted that passage, he didn't say that today is the day of the Lord's vengeance. He stopped short. He said that today is the day of the Lord's favor. Because the vengeance of the Lord, he wasn't bringing that time. But the vengeance of the Lord will still come. And you don't want to fall on the, in the vengeance of the Lord. And so he's, he, 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 he said his statement, so to say, the, the, the purpose of that kingdom. That kingdom is to demonstrate the love, the mercy, the kindness, the compassion, and the grace of God. This was his mission statement, to set the captives free. I bring good news to the poor. And if I had time the other day, you know, uh, Lawrence was just giving us something God had poured in his heart about poverty, about poor, poor in spirit, poor in emotions, poor in character. Whatever poverty, wherever you are poor, Jesus has come to feel it. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. It says it's a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Basically, this kingdom is bringing a little bit of heaven to earth so we can experience and enjoy some of heaven while living on the earth. If you remember the things I talked about heaven earlier, these are the things that Jesus enforced and wants us to enforce on the earth. So this kingdom is precious. He says so many parables. A woman who lost a pearl and, and she sold everything else. To, to, it took her whole time to look in the house to find this coin. Someone who found a precious uh, uh, stone in a field and went and sold everything else and came and bought this field. This kingdom is precious. And that is why the Bible says you should seek it first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if you forget everything else I say today, I want you not to forget this. The kingdom of God operates as a seed. See, the Bible says, even when man fell in Genesis 3, it says the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Seed. The Bible says if you have faith as, as small as a mustard seed. But the greatest of the seed is the word of God. In that passage we read in Luke, it says the sower went out to sow. And some seed, the word of God. The word of God. And I have... I was trying to learn the correct way to pronounce this, so I may get it wrong, whether it's sesame or sesame seed, whichever way you want to say it. But that's, there are tiny seeds, and this one is even smaller. And what I want to do is I'm going to leave these seeds at the front. And before you leave here, I want you to take one. They are very small. 
You see, but Jesus said that the kingdom is precious. And I want you to take this one seed in a way that you will keep it and take it home and put it somewhere safe. One seed. The seed of the word of God is precious. What ground are we to deceive? And so quickly to finish. Firstly, how do I gain access to the kingdom? How do I gain access? I receive. I receive by faith. You know, blind Bartimaeus, he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. We receive by asking for mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. We receive the kingdom, as I've just said, the seed of the word, by knowing and practicing the truth. The centurion, how did he receive the kingdom when his, his servant was sick? He told Jesus, he said, oh, I am a man under authority. I know how this works. Works. Send the word. Send that seed. The seed will do the work. I am a man under authority. And then faith even becomes more interesting when we receive the kingdom. I want to talk about violent, forceful faith. Because Jesus himself in Matthew eleven twelve said it. You know, uh, my wife had a... a a nephew who was really very young, but he, he, he memorized this scripture. And it was very good to hear him say, I think he was three or so. He said, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And he learned it from King James. And the violent take it by force. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The kingdom of God is, at violent, is advancing forcefully. And forceful men lay hold of it. So blind Bartimaeus, for instance... He was, they tried to stop him. They said, oh, they, stop, stop disturbing the master. He shouted them all. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Yeah. How quickly are you being shot down? They couldn't silence him. What about the woman, the Syrophoenician woman? When Jesus said, you know, I've come for the people of Israel. It's not your turn. He said, no. Even the food, and Jesus was calling her a dog. Yeah? He wasn't dissuaded. She wasn't discouraged. She accepted it. He said, okay. Even the food for the children, he falls to the, down from the table, and the dogs eat it. How easily have you been discouraged? How easily have you been discouraged? How easily do you take offense? Forceful. Taking. You take risks. The woman with the issue of blood. She came and touched the hem of his garment. Because in her blood flow, if they discover she's touching people, she could have been stoned. That was what the Lord said. So when Jesus said, who touched me? That could have gone either way. She could have been stoned to death. But she took a risk and she saw the kingdom come. Desperation in prayer. You know, the persistent widow. As I thought about this last night, I was thinking, what a way to be known. The persistent widow. You know, I, I like seven to recognize me. The persistent son. 
Because the Bible says that this unjust judge will not, will not rest. He said, how much more my father in heaven? Hallelujah. How much more my father in heaven? So I want us to realize that we can gain access to this kingdom, but we need to be forceful. Finally, as we serve in this kingdom and follow the example of the master, we need to follow his example as he arrived with humility. With humility. He came to serve in humility. He says, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Wow. I, I all of this can be sermons in themselves as we know. Humility. Surrendering completely. Now, in our prayer outside, this came up so forcefully. So forcefully. You know, Jesus, who was God, he said, and I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. John 12, 50. Jesus says only what his Father says. I say only what I hear my Father say. That is complete surrender. Complete surrender. And when he surrendered all, I will finish with this. Depending on the Holy Spirit. You see, he didn't start his ministry until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he came out of his baptism. God declared him his son. There was a time of preparation. And God, you know, Jesus lived 30 years. Don't ignore the time of preparation. Sometimes we know we are called. Moses knew he was called. But then he tried to do it in his strength, not by the Holy Spirit, and he failed woefully. Preparation and surrendering to the will of God. And then the Holy Spirit came and filled him. That spirit of holiness, you see, he is the Holy Spirit. Spirit of purity, of consecration. He is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power. The spirit of authority. He says, go into all the world. All power and authority has been given to me. And preach the gospel. And lo, I am with you to the end of the age. And finally, desperation. Desperation. You see, even with the spirit, we need to be desperate. And I believe that we are going to see a move of God in our lives, in our families, in this town. But how desperate are we for it? How desperate are we for it? We hear the stories of Azusa Street. But this way people who pray, I mean, this guy will put himself, his head in a box and be praying for hours so that he will not be distracted. Desperate for a move of God. Johnny, can you please just come on the keyboard? And I want us to ask God to fill us afresh with his spirit. This is not a song that Johnny knows, so I will, I will sing a verse out of it, and then I would like him to just play some music in the background 
as we pray and pray for one another. Oh, consume me, fire, God. I have come before your throne to be fired up, oh God. Let it flow. And we're in the mood of prayer, so I want you to really be in, in, in the position of prayer, just looking to God. Oh, consuming fire, God, I have come before your throne to be fired up, oh God, let it flow. As with Isaiah of old, touch me with your flaming coal, so I can be useful, Lord. Let it flow. Like the day of Pentecost, when tongues of the fire came down, tongues of fire fall on me. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. Let the fire from the throne, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let the fire from the throne. Let it flow. Holy Spirit, let your fire flow. John said, you will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We are tired of fireless lives. We are tired of fireless lives. We want lives that change things. We want lives that transform our community. We want lives that bring down the kingdom of God. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And I feel that if something particularly today, I really want to pray one for another, but especially if you have specific things you want prayer for, something that touched you this morning, you know, just ask people around you. But I would just like us to be praying for one another. You know, in the next three minutes, you know, let's do that. Pray with your whole heart. Let the Holy Spirit come afresh on us in the name of Jesus. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. 
We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.